Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, board certified in family practice. You find him in San Antonio at the WellMed Clinic Loop 410 in Centerview, where he sees predominantly patients 65 and over who are Medicare eligible. Uh, but the practice is expanding to include uh, some corporate insured patients. Correct. Yeah. And they could be 18 and over. They can be 18 and over. So we're starting starting to see... Uh, uh, a little bit of a younger crowd come in, which is nice. Uh, usually the um, elderly patients have more complications, have more you know medical problems, and so it's nice to get a little balance uh, with the younger crowd, which is generally, I should say, healthier. Uh, who only come in when they have a problem. Uh, generally, you know, I, I, I have some that, you know, will, uh, you know, follow through with their follow-up appointments and those that will only come in when they're sick. Right. So once you fix them, they're gone. Exactly. So we have joining us on our WellMed Radio hotline from up in uh, Frisco, outside of Dallas with USMD, Dr. Paulina Thanawala, who is a a DO, doctor of osteopathy. She moved to Chicago from her native Poland. It was 10 years old at that time. She decided to become a physician uh, because of a family physician who cared for a family member during a lengthy illness. She earned her medical degree from the Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine, completed her family medicine residency at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. Dr. Thanawala is board certified like Dr. Beck in family medicine. And Paulina, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. We're delighted to have you, and one of the things that uh, struck me as really interesting, because Dr. Beck likes this topic a whole lot, is talking about the annual exam. What is it generally, and why is it important? So annual physicals um, are one of those screening tests that a lot of people, I think, do not take uh, quite the advantage of. Um, I do recommend uh, once a year an annual physical, and it basically goes over all the preventative things that you should be checking up on um, while you're not thinking about when you are sick and coming for your sick visits. And so a lot of the times um, those preventative measures can save you from, you know, uh, cancers and uh, chronic diseases and stuff like that. And so it's it's definitely uh, something that you want to take advantage of. And most insurance companies, you know, cover it um, as well as labs and stuff like that. And so I, I do think it's very important to get those done. And when you say checking things that uh, you ordinarily wouldn't check uh, when you come in for a sick visit, is this the top of your head to the bottom of your feet kind of exam? Um, It is. It is a a full exam um, that basically starts off with, you know, going all uh, through your vitals, which are vital. Um, That can itself tell a lot about a person's health, your blood pressure, your body mass index, your, your temperature, your heart rate. And then it goes into, um, you know, age-appropriate screenings, like um, for women particularly would be um, pap smears, mammograms, um, bone density exams, um, colon cancer screenings um, for males along the same lines, depending on your lifestyle factors. 
Um, it could be ranging from uh, screening for prostate mm-hmm. cancer to colon cancer to also lung cancers. Um, if you're a smoker, um, and then making sure that you're up to date on your vaccinations because that is always key uh, to prevent illnesses. Um, and uh, a lot of it goes on depending on what uh, what kind of age you are and risk factors that you have with your uh, chronic diseases. And then um, in the end, uh, we can do some labs, um, which also kind of gives an objective assessment of how your health is. Um, I particularly like to go over a lot of the nutrition, exercise, and, and um, lifestyle, like your sleep, because all of those things are very important to keeping you healthy as well. And you don't get to talk about that a lot um, during your sick visits, because at that time you're not feeling quite well. Hold your thought. We're going to come right back to you. But for folks who may have just joined us, I want to let them know they're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. And we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline with Dr. Paulina Thanawala, who is a doctor of osteopathy up in Dallas, in Frisco, which is a suburb. And she is a part of the USMD network of physicians there. Uh, when you mentioned uh, general... Uh, as part of the annual exam, looking at vaccinations, what is it that's now recommended for somebody, male or female, 65 and over? So as you get um, 65 and above, your immunity st- uh, tends to decrease a little bit. And so we do recommend the the annual uh, the uh, pneumonia vaccination um, on top of, obviously, your um, annual flu vaccination. And then the... Shingles for those that want the Shingrix vaccine to yes, prevent yes, shingles? Yes, um, definitely for Shingrix um, mm-hmm. over 65 years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not received the shingles vaccine, that is something we talk about as well. And there's two pneumonia vaccines. So there's a newer vaccine, which is the uh, Prevnar, and then there's Prevnar. the mm-hmm. Pneumovax. And so you need the, both. Well, you know, it's rec- the CDC recommends both. And so generally, which one you get first depends on whether or not you've had the uh, Pneumovax before, which is the older one. But those are generally the vaccines. So I would agree with Dr. Thanawala on that. And we've seen across this country, Dr. Thanawala, an increase uh, in measles and other diseases that we thought were wiped off this country, not, not a risk anymore. Uh, if you are 65 and over, should you get a measles vaccine? So um, that can depend on a lot. Um, if you've not had any, obviously, vaccinations, we do recommend it. Um, we can also check your titers, which are, is a, your immunity status, to see if your immunity um, decreased with time. And at that point, we can provide you a booster for sure, especially with the increase um, of measles occurring. Um, and it's a simple test and a simple vaccine that we can definitely do to prevent that. What are titers? So titers is your, it's a blood test that we do and we check your antibodies. Uh, basically is what you make when you have a vaccine to see if you have the immunity, um, for, uh, for the disease. Measles, mumps, rubella. Correct. Uh, measles, mumps, rubella. You can check hepatitis, um, as well. Uh, most of the vaccines that you've had in the past, we can check titers for. Um, and that will be, again, the, the immunity status evaluation. Now, some of us get that immunity through having the disease. I, I was never vaccinated for measles. I'm, I'm much older, uh, but did have measles. Correct, correct. So you would have the, the immunity because you had the disease in the past. And is that as effective as the vaccine? Uh, most of the times it is. Um, and then, again, just depends on, 
you know, how your body kind of responded and if you developed that, um, those antibodies. And with time, sometimes it just, um, the immunity wanes a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. You know, it just depends. I, you know, when it came out in the news was, was when uh, more patients were coming up and asking, well, do I need to get the measles vaccine? Do I need to get the measles vaccine? But um, not so much now. But I would agree with Dr. Thanawala. You can either just get the vaccine if you want or, you know, if you want to check the titers, you can check the titers and see if they're covered. And, you know, obviously if the titers are low, then, you know, you would just get a booster. Now, you mentioned the flu vaccine, and I, I want to come back to that because uh, according to the uh, Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, there have already been 10,000 deaths in the U.S. this year alone from the flu beginning last fall when flu became an issue, uh, as it does mm-hmm. every year. Uh, do you have patients who uh, say, nah, I don't want that flu vaccine? Uh, of course. All the time. We, we do get those <laughs> frequently. And then we have the opposite spectrum who want it on time every year uh, for prevention. Um, so, yes, both of the spectrums. Uh, and, of course, every year people who've had the vaccine get the flu anyhow. Sometimes it does happen. Uh, yes, it's not uh, 100% uh, effective. A lot of it has to do with patient education because, you know, there's a misconception. For those generally, at least in my experience, the people that don't want the flu shot is because they got sick with the flu or with the flu vaccine in the past. They thought. And, and, right. and so they say that they got the flu from the flu vaccine. And so that's just a big misconception. And so you just have to tell them that that's not, you know, they're not actually getting the flu. They're getting flu-like symptoms which, you know, can be very different from actually getting the, the virus, you know, which can kill you, you know, especially if you're, you, you have a weakened immune system with, you know, many comorbidities. And so we just do our best to try to educate them and offer them the vaccine. And then, you know, it's up to them to decide whether they want it or not. Now, as providers, uh, have both of you had the flu vaccine? Uh, yeah. Yes. To avoid wearing the mask throughout the season, yeah. <laughs> do the masks really prevent... <clears throat> transmission of flu vaccine well it's droplet you know um it's spread through through droplet and uh you know it can be airborne and too so obviously you know wearing the mask will prevent you from you know not intentionally but when you talk you know the little droplets of saliva or if you're coughing and so it's just something that you know that's recommended for those that you know choose to not get the vaccine and work in the healthcare. and i hear the other step is hand wash hand wash hand wash exactly Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Now, you mentioned, Dr. Tenawala, uh, involved in that annual exam as a look at biomass index. What does that mean? Right. So a body mass index um, is basically takes into consideration your height and your weight and, um, you know, lets us know how appropriate it is. Um, and it looks at the numbers. And so less than 25 is technically considered um, normal weight. And then anything above 25 to 30 is overweight. Um, usually above 30 is considered obese. And so that becomes very important in preventing, um, you know, obesity-related uh, medical conditions like high blood pressures and diabetes and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely a, a good time to talk during annual physicals to make sure you have good nutrition, good exercise program to kind of get that down if you're on a little bit higher end. Now you mentioned that diseases. you mentioned that you'd like to talk with your patients about diet, exercise, nutrition. What do you tell them? Um, well, usually I just kind of assess first what they're doing as far as nutrition, 
Um, we go over, you know, kind of a, a food log with what you have for breakfast and lunch and dinner and whether you're incorporating your food pyramid, your, your vegetables, your meats, um, and stuff like that. What are your focus areas? Um, we go over hydration. So 64 ounces of water is technically recommended on a daily basis. And most people do not drink enough water. We talk about, you know, caffeine products, sugary drinks. Um, energy drinks and, you know, them not being so good for you, stuff like that. And then um, for exercise, I go over the typical American um, um, Heart Association recommendations. Make sure you're getting enough cardio exercise as well as some resistance training to prevent bone loss um, and, and make sure your heart's healthy. And then um, the last one is I usually go over sleep because a lot of the times we get so busy with our daily routines, we forget about how important sleep is for our body to recover overnight. Um, so that way you can start fresh in the morning. How much sleep is recommended for folks who are 65 and over? So it can vary. I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, do um, do best at between seven to eight hours typically. Um, some like less, some a little bit more. Um, but typically uh, I usually recommend between seven to eight hours. And if you're not getting that, what are you seeing or what would you see as a physician uh, as a result of not enough sleep? Um, Well, some of those chronic medical conditions can also um, surface. Um, So blood pressure increase um, can can occur. Um, Some people have a lot of fatigue um, throughout the day, which impacts, you know, their work life, Um, like mental status changes. So you will notice people having more um, depression symptoms or anxiety if they're not getting restful sleep. Um, It just kind of depends from person to person, but um, a lot of it can be fixed with a, a, a good night's sleep. Yeah, especially for those that need to work on weight loss because they have diabetes or prediabetes or whatever, then, you know, part of it, part of the whole, you know, to lose weight, you know, they have to get adequate sleep. Can you make up for lack of sleep with naps? No. Um, I would say no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, maybe it'll help with the energy. Isn't sleep sleep? But no, it's supposed to be seven to eight, you know, seven to nine or whatever continuous hours. Because you're not getting the full, you know, <clears throat> you know, your REM and sleep cycles and, you know, you're not giving your body a full, you know, uninterrupted chance to rest and, you know, process the previous day's events and, and such. And so, no, it's supposed to be uninterrupted. Naps feel yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got to do a little business at our end. We're going to come right back to you. Don't go anywhere. You listen to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. And on our WellMed Radio hotline, we're talking with Dr. Paulina Thanawala, who's a doctor of osteopathy at USMD in Frisco. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh. That's me. Caregiver SOS on air, Saturday mornings at 7.30, Sunday evenings 5.30. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer. We thank you so much for joining us here on WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. 
along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. He is a board-certified family practitioner, and you find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 in Centerview. On our WellMed Radio hotline, we're talking with Dr. Paulina Thanawala. She is a doctor of osteopathy at USMD up near Dallas in the Frisco Clinic. And we've been talking about the importance of an annual exam. And Dr. Thanawala, uh, for, for your patients, 18 and over, let's say, versus 65 and over, uh, is an annual exam for younger people as important as for older people? I would say it's still very important. Um, it might not need to be necessarily an annual physical, but uh, it goes the same way. We go over all the preventative screening. This is where we discover, you know, what your baseline is, again, for nutrition, for um, your exercise, and a lot of the things can be, you know, good habits started early on to prevent you from uh, having um, the chronic diseases in the future if you don't have a good baseline. And now, so I, w- I would still stress the importance of those. And when it comes to exercise, uh, is there a minimum you recommend? So I usually start off with at least 150 minutes of cardiac exercise per week, and that's like moderate intensity, and then at least getting in some resistance training through the week. So if you're doing some two hours or kind of two days where you're incorporating some resistance training, that's typically where I start off uh, with my patients. And some that are more physically fit, um, you know, we, we advance to a more high-intensity exercise. Now, the patient said, you know, Doc, I don't have two hours to give to exercise. I'm a busy guy. Mm-hmm. We get that a lot. <clears throat> so I usually, um, my recommendation is to try and incorporate it to your daily life. So if you're going to an office, you know, try parking maybe a little further on the parking lot, so that way you have to walk a little bit extra. If you're in a higher-rise building, instead of taking the elevator, maybe try taking the stairs, so that way, again, you're kind of getting that incorporated. If you have a desk job, instead of sitting for a prolonged time, try taking a few rounds when you have a break um, around the office or on your lunch break. Um, So small things can go a long way. Same thing with shopping and doing daily activities of your life, kind of, Small changes can make a lot of difference. So it doesn't have to be contiguous. Uh, to get my time in, I don't have to do it all at once. I can spread it out. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say you can spread it out. Activity is activity, um, and it, oh. it's all important. I have to ask Dr. Beck a question. I, I texted him. I was at the radio station and wondering if he was nearby, and he texted back, I'm, I'm walking up. Did you climb the stairs to get here? No, no, no. I, I just meant I was walking up to the building. <laughs> I wasn't sure because yeah. you could climb the stairs. I, I mean, I guess I could, you know. At 12, 12 floors. 12 floors, yeah. That would be my, my, work, <laughs> my workout for the day. And you could climb down. <clears throat> and then I could climb down, yeah. Easier to go down than up. Sure. Now, is the impact better going up or down, or does it matter? Well, I mean, the impact would be better going up, obviously. I'm sure there's a study on that. Yeah. Since you're you know using more energy to go up than you are to go down, and thus the stairmaster in many yeah, gyms, right? Exactly. So, Dr. Thanawala, mm-hmm. what do you do for exercise? Um, I usually like to walk um, with with my toddler, and sometimes we'll go for runs. Um, we like nature preserves and trails and stuff like that. So that's probably my favorite type of exercise. Um, and then uh, carrying him around throughout the day it gets gets me some weight training as well. <laughs> What does he? What does he weigh? Um, then, I'm sorry. What does your toddler weigh? Oh, uh, he's 
about you know thirty pounds, which is a oh, that's good, all, yeah, good, yeah, good weight. And then uh, we both actually do yoga um, every day, and so that kind of gives us the flexibility um, exercise as well. I like that. So, mm-hmm. is this a little boy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. And he's uh, in yoga class with you. Well, we do yoga at home. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Are you a yoga instructor? No, we just usually put on some videos and kind of go through that. I like that. um, He likes to join in. Now, as you look at the population that uh, you see in in your practice, there have been a lot of questions about uh, as the baby boomers age into the 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, that they're not as healthy as those who are already of that age. What are you seeing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in general, um, the, you know, the older you get, the more likely you are to have more chronic medical conditions. And, um, that's definitely something we are seeing, um, and working hard to try and prevent and educate. Um, yes. Now, now, if I can get personal for a moment, you mentioned in your bio that one of the reasons you got into medicine was seeing what a doctor was doing for a family member. What was that all about? Mm -hmm. Um, so what I really enjoyed about a family medicine physician is um, essentially there being your home um, away from all the specialists that you need to see. And so one of my family members was going through a long kind of chronic medical condition that nobody could quite figure out what it was, which is very common right now with a bunch of fatigue and, and pains and stuff like that. And they saw all the specialists, but only the family medicine physician kind of kept putting it all together, trying to give us, you know, different options, um, showing us about the latest research, what else we can try. Um, there was a lot of integrative health also and kind of holistic medicine um, approach to it as well. And so that's what I kind of enjoyed. Um, and I wanted to be that home base for my patients where they can come to me when they've kind of exhausted all their options and they don't know what else to do. Do you make any house calls? No, we do not make any house calls. I did in residency. Because I know at WellMed they have now a group of physicians who do make house calls. Yeah. <clears throat> WellMed has the, um, well, they have a palliative care program <clears throat> called the Bridges Program. And so they'll make, you know, house calls for those patients who, you know, have disabling conditions or they're, you know, they're really elderly and they hardly leave their home. And so they'll, you know, go to, go out to their house, you know, and make a house visit instead of them coming to see mm-hmm. their PCP. Um, but, you know, I'm not part of that program, so. How not. does it seem to be working out? Uh, good. Can you refer to it? Yeah, all the time. You know, all the time. You know, the patients, you know, that I see, you know, the majority I see in my clinic, but those, you know, who I inherited from, you know, and other, you know, other past PCPs who are elderly and, you know, who are disabled and let's just say their chronic medical conditions get worse and they hardly leave their home or they've fallen, you know, numerous times or they broke a hip or whatever, then, you know, that will generally be a reason to invoke the uh, Bridges program and have them, you know, be seen at home. Yeah, I think it's nice, you know, because you get continuity of care that way. You don't just lose the patient, you know, because they can't come and see you. Right. continue to see them. And then, though, you know, that can be a segue, you know, if, if, if the patient continues to de- deteriorate to uh, hospice. So I like that. Yeah. Dr. Thanawala, as you take a look at uh, the annual exam, 
uh, as you've been doing these for more than a few years, have you been able through that exam to pick up something that uh, perhaps was threatening to become a chronic illness or even life-threatening uh, that you were not aware mm-hmm. of before the exam? Yes, actually, I just recently had a patient. It was a, a young lady, um, about 26, and um, she came for her regular annual physical, um, had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. We went through my typical standard you know, physical exam, nutrition and talking and stuff like that, and we did labs in the end, um, and once I had those back, I noticed that um, her thyroid numbers were actually off, um, and she was uh, hyperthyroid, meaning she was just getting too much thyroid hormones in her body, and that led me to get an ultrasound and some additional labs, and we ended up finding a, a nodule in her thyroid, um, which you know I referred her to an endocrinologist, and at that point, she had a biopsy and further tests done, and she ended up having thyroid cancer, um, which, you know, now she's feeling much better. Um, it was removed. She's on appropriate medications. Um, in the interim, she did end up developing symptoms of hyperthyroidism um, that she was concerned about, and um, hmm. she's, she's doing much better now. You saved her life. I, That's cool. what we do. Hey, I like that. We're flat out of time. I really appreciate you talking with us, and I hope we can do it again, Dr. Thanawala. Take care. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Joshua Beck. You've been listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.